Hello, this is Jackson. Today we find out what happens when you put five people on stage that have a unique story about the same topic. Let's be artful. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the third episode of the Summer Series brought to you by the Artfuls. We have been able to release all of the content that we recorded at the Cincinnati Fringe Festival this year. And I want to give a quick shout out to the Cincinnati Fringe Festival and Chris Wesselman, who has given us the ability to really dive into the Fringe Festival. Uh, I got to see a lot of shows, talk to a lot of artists, and also talk to a lot of you, a lot of the viewers. Um, It's wonderful to be able to meet people who have listened to the podcast and have opinions about the arts in the Cincinnati area. Now, you may be wondering, what are we doing now? Jackson, the Fringe is over. What are you going to be even talking about? And you know what? I don't know. But Cincinnati has so much art, there's no way of just avoiding it all. Um, So if you are interested in finding out anything that is past the Fringe Festival, make sure to listen to the Artful Agenda coming out every Wednesday to be able to figure out how you can be artful for the weekend. And every other week, the Summer Series is still going on, and I'll hopefully have as many guests as I can. We're going to try to get in contact with Carlos and be able to do a little bit with him. I know he's very busy at Brevard. Carlos, I know you're listening. Just come back. I miss you a lot. Come on. Okay. Oh, no. This is a lot of separation anxiety, guys. I miss him a lot, and I know you guys miss him a lot, so we'll make sure to talk with him really, really soon. We recently passed 1,000 views. That is a huge goal, one of the goals I really wanted to make for this summer, Um, and the past 30 days have been overwhelming, especially when it came to our fringe content. But you know, as my percussion professor at Oberlin said, once you hit a goal, don't just revel in the fact that you hit it, Be determined to set a new one and beat that one as well. And so we are currently on our way to 1,500 listens. And just as sure as I thought that we can get to 1,000, I am sure that we can get to 1,500. And who knows, 2,000, 3,000, really the skies are the limit here. So anyway, it really was not possible without all of you guys listening. And uh, make sure to keep checking our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram all those places to be able to find the podcast. And again, thank you for your continued viewership and really just a massive amount of support. Uh, We really thrive on that, and uh, we just want to be able to make great content for you guys to listen to. Anyway, let's talk about that ominous intro that I had. Ooh, I mean, what does happen when five people go on stage and tell stories that are unique to a similar topic? Well, you know what? I was actually able to talk to David Levy who started an organization called True Theater. They are an arts organization uh, around Cincinnati that we have not talked about yet. However, you know what? Let's just be able to talk with him. Uh, This is a pre-recorded interview uh, right around the Fringe Festival, Uh, but I really hope you guys enjoy, so let's get started. Hello, I am here with the co-founder of True Theater in Cincinnati. Uh, First of all, please state your name for the record. Hi, my name is David Levy. Um, And I got to see... Uh, the version that you have for True Fringe, which uh, or uh, for the Fringe Festival, which is called True Fringe, mm-hmm. um, and I think the best way of starting this is what exactly is True Theater? Uh, my buddy Jeff Grow and I, in 2010, found ourselves thinking about starting a storytelling show like The Moth. If you've heard of that, we we love that, and we wanted to do something like that here. 
what that is and what we do is put five people on stage to tell true personal stories from their lives based on whatever the theme of the evening is. We brought the idea to the No Theater. At the time, Eric Vosmeyer was the artistic director, and we said, we'd like to do this show. And he said, you know, a show is great. We've got a space. You can rent it and make a deal with tickets and drinks and whatnot. But a season is legit. You know, people will see you as something really trying to happen if you create a season. And we didn't know if people were going to come to the first one, let alone a season of shows. But we decided that we would try to schedule a season that maybe a year-long thing every three months, four shows. Sure. And we just came up with four themes and four calendar dates. And we decided to put them on Mondays. And we held them right here where we're recording this now on this stage in the oh, No awesome. Theater Underground. Yeah. And... Um, the first show sold out at the door the night of the show. The second show sold out before the door opened. And then the third show sold out three weeks in advance. And Wow. It's never quite three weeks in advance uh, for the next <laughs> seven years that we were here. But, but they were all selling out. Now, in our eighth year, we've just moved to... We're in our eighth season right now. We just moved to Memorial Hall for this season. Fantastic. Uh, thank you. And there's a, there's a lot more room there than there is here. <laughs> and we are working on filling it. And we've yeah. doubled the size of our audience. And it's growing still. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we're having a great, great time with it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so the five uh, storytellers are um, put on stage to be able to tell a story based on a theme that you have mm -hmm. for each show. What, yeah. what have the past themes uh, been? Well, the very first uh, show, the theme was fear. And that was in large part because Jeff knew of a person who had a story that he had in mind when he was telling, uh, when he was pitching this idea to me and to the No Theater and... Uh, it was also near Halloween, so we thought you know that would be gotcha. a good starting point. And sometimes we look at calendar dates. We had True Mom near Mother's Day. We just did True Veteran at the beginning of this season. It happened to be near Veterans Day. But also, we keep a running list. We talk about it in between seasons. We try to imagine what sorts of stories we might get for a particular topic. Like when we had Mothers, we knew everybody's grown up under the influence of um, some figure, not everybody, I suppose, but most people. And we knew there would be a lot of mother stories out there. But what we got were um, some stories about a person's relationship with their own mother, a story about them, their relationship with their children, adoption, being adopted, There's all sorts of uh, giving birth, all sorts of different ways to approach the same topic. So when we think of a topic, we always think about what are the different ways we can get a story to talk on that theme because we we don't want five stories about the same thing. Yeah, you want a little show. bit of variety. We want a lot of variety as much as we can get. Uh, that way, we, we're sure that there's something for everybody, and nobody will be like, "Oh, I just heard that person tell this story." Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, we 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 pick the themes. We try to think of not only how they might be approached, but when we think of a season, we try to think like does a particular theme sort of suggest that that'll be a more serious evening? Sure. Does another theme suggest a little hilarity? Um, and, you know, and try to mix it up like that so that we've got four solid themes in a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and what has been, and I know this probably is a difficult question. If you're going to ask what, me about my favorite story, I cannot answer. Not your favorite story. <laughs> what's your favorite uh, uh, theme that you've had? Uh, well, I have to tell you, and this is not just to market our next show, but we decided to make the fourth theme of season eight, the word blue, B-L-U-E. And we thought, who knows what 
stories that it's yeah. going to generate. We had an open mic style pitch night where people came and told short stories at the microphone for the assembled audience. A lot of people showed up. It was great. And there were something like 14 people there. And the stories that they told with the theme of blue were amazing. And they included, and these are not just elements of the story, but actually included as part of the theme, blue skies, blue ocean, uh, blue cars, blue baby, blue hair. Um, things called Blue, a movie named Blue. I mean, they're just unbelievably wide spectrum, and uh, it's really sort of thrilling to hear uh, people's creativity and the uh, the depth of it. Um, we're still in the process of picking the storytellers for that show, but we are <laughs> very pleased with yeah. the choice of Blue as a theme. It just worked out neatly. So let's actually talk about the process. Sure. Um, you know, when you started it, you said that... Um, uh, one of the other guys had an idea for somebody that would perform. So how mm -hmm. has that changed, and how do you actually pick who's going to be a part of the five-person lineup? We have a combination of ways that we find people for a show. I just mentioned we did this open mic pitch, pitch night. That's only the second time that we've ever done that. That's something new. All indicators are we will continue to try to do that. Well, good. But if we ever, ha in the past, we've sometimes had difficulty having enough people come to us with enough stories to fill a show. And so in addition to having people reach out to us through our website, we start to think about uh, two types of people, uh, people we know who may have a story that fit a theme and also people we don't, but maybe in a particular occupation perhaps that might have a story and we might cold call somebody. We once Googled for the, for when the theme was hunger, we thought it might be interesting to have a competitive eater tell a story. Interesting. Uh, it just occurred to us, and so we just Googled Cincinnati competitive eaters and, and found <laughs> this guy, uh, Joe LaRue, who has the record for the number of, it might be Silver Queen ears of corn uh, in a minute that he ate something like 50-something. His dad had a competition down in Florida, but he lives here and or lived here, and... Um, he said, yeah, I'll tell a story. <laughs> and it was very, very funny. Great guy. Uh, so, yeah, we've cold called people, but we've also picked from our friends and, of course, the submissions. Yeah, and so um, when you get the people um, and you're looking at their backgrounds, you know, this is called true theater. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not all theater individuals. Um, you know, you have Absolutely the competitive true. theater. Of, what's the furthest away from a theater person that you've been able to have on uh, the stage? Well, we've had people that just aren't theater people at all. Um, so we had an obstetrician tell a story. We had a woman who was just now going to college but had spent some time being homeless uh, and who was still just sort of fresh from that and still very young. Um, we had a 12-year-old girl uh, oh, tell awesome. a story. Yeah, we recently had a high school senior tell a story. I mean, that's uncommon. Usually they're older, for, <laughs> older uh, our age and, uh, you know, around. Um, but um, we had the mayor of Cincinnati, Mallory, at wow. the time. Yeah, he told a story in our very first season. That was a shock. We on a on a whim, we just sent an email to his office. The third theme of the season was foolishness, and we thought that somehow a story about his opening day pitch that people still talk about every opening day that went completely oh, askew wow. would would make for some hilarity if he was willing to tell it. And we just sort of sent the email and forgot about it. And something like a month and a half later, we had this weird calendar invite that had the date of the show 
on it. And it was just sort of like, instead of telling us, yeah, he'll tell a story, it was just this sort of weird communication. We had to call his office and say, hi, uh, we're trying to figure out what this means. You know, is he will, does he know what it is he's saying yes to? Is he saying yes? Like, uh, and uh, we ended up getting a meeting. We got into, to go into his office to talk to him. I know this wasn't your question, but... Oh, no, no. This is um, interesting. And, and we were talking to him about our show and what we're trying to accomplish here, and he, he really dug the idea. And, and then we sort of casually stepped up to the notion that we normally rehearse with our storytellers, and this is, you know, a busy man. He's a sitting official, and, and we were kind of guessing that was going to be tricky. And he said, well, let me tell you a story. And then he told us a very funny story. And then he said, let me tell you another story. And then he told us another really hysterical story, showing up overdressed for an occasion, yeah. running home to change, coming back and realizing he looked at the wrong occasion and he, <laughs> now he's under, you know, just really <laughs> funny. And he told it extremely well. And we we're like, yeah, those, those two together could be great. They sound like good foolishness stories. He said, nah, those are the stories I'm going to tell. I'll talk about the opening day pitch, but I just want you to know that I can tell a story and <laughs> I won't be rehearsing with you, but you know, I'll, I'll be there for the show. You can trust me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We said, that sounds great, Mr. Mallory. And, um, and uh, Mr. Mayor, and you know, and then he did. He was he was wonderful. So I guess that's pretty far. I mean, I I don't know whether he's had theater experience in the background, but we've had yeah. CEOs. Uh, we had um, Michael Larosa, buddy, uh, you know, Buddy Larosa's son, the CEO okay. of Larosa's Pizza. Uh, at the time, John Young was the CEO of the Free Star Food Bank when we had him on. Um, we we even had, and this is not far away from a theater person, but as long as we're on name dropping. Sure. Uh, a guy by the name of Michael Uslin, who's the brother-in-law of a friend of mine who was going to happen to be in town the night the theme was mischief. Michael Uslin is the executive director of every Batman movie that's ever existed. Um, he's responsible for Batman becoming a franchise, really, because at the time that he pitched it becoming a movie, it was thought of in the same sort of family as Little Orphan Annie. That's because crazy. they're just comics, you know, and they didn't. So he sort of gamed the system, sort of snuck his way in through the back door and ended up uh, producing or doing something to get the first one off himself. And he's got the movie rights and he's that's, been behind every one of them ever since. Yeah. That's crazy. Really crazy. And then he showed up and he told a story and he signed books for people and he was really wonderful, yeah. real down to earth guy. So um, you mentioned that uh, you normally rehearse with the people that are going to be uh, doing the pitch. Right. Or doing the story. Stories, right. Um, I mean, maybe not a mayor or, or yeah. an executive producer in Hollywood, but most <laughs> everybody else we rehearse with. Yeah. And so um, what is the main goal of doing the rehearsal? Is it just getting them comfortable telling the story, or is it possibly saying, or is it possibly almost directing the story as, like, can you add something, a little bit more detail? Sure, sure. There's a little bit. Uh, we asked the person to come to our first meeting, our first rehearsal, with something like a a well-thought-out draft of the story they, they want to tell. Sure. Ideally, the story will be 10 to 12 minutes, and in the end, it will be told without the benefit of notes. So they're going yeah. up there, you know, just telling the story. And we tell our audiences and our storytellers that all the stories are prepared but not scripted, and they're told from memory but not memorized. So there's no expectation that anybody will ever tell the story the same way twice. Yeah. But there is an expectation that we'll know about what they're going to say, and it'll be about the same length, and yada, yada, yada. You know the general direction of it. Yeah, and that there's not going to take a sudden five-minute tangent and throw the sort of the timeline of the evening off. Uh, and that's important to us. So part of the rehearsals is intended to make sure that the story is some form of consistency in yeah. terms of content and time. But also we provide feedback when we hear the stories. If there are gaps in the story, things that I think that they're assuming the audience knows that... that you know, we have to tell them 
we might need a little definition of that or don't assume that somebody knows that. Or we even have to tell some people sometimes, like, don't assume it's okay to have your opinions. We absolutely don't mind those to have a personal opinion. Just don't assume that the audience is on board with it. You have sure. to give them some space. So, you sure. know, we ask them to, you know, just, just grant, like, I know everybody here doesn't think this way, but when I grew up, this is how it was. And so when I went into the store and I, whatever, you know, um, just to just grant some license because every, this is about inclusiveness. Yeah. We want the audience to feel connected and not divisiveness. Yeah. Um, and anytime we sort of sense that something somebody says could be divisive, we ask them to just remember that not everybody has the same opinion as they do and that we as an institution believe that's okay. Yeah. Um, and that that's what you know we're putting up on stage. So there's some of that. Also, lots of times people don't know exactly how to end a story. Sure. Or should I stop? Is this enough? So we've had people where we've just said, hey, you know that last thing you say, uh, the the last anecdote you bring up? Let's just stop it right before that. That's a perfect ending. Yeah. Or we'll ask them to figure out a way to call back to the beginning of their story just to wrap it up neatly. What, yeah. we're, what we don't want is to have somebody get to the end of their story and say, and that's the end of the story. We'd rather have them say something that sounds so obviously like the end that everybody knows without them having to say that and him or her and then they'll all clap. Yeah, of course. Right. So we serve as a sounding board. And um, also if a story is too long, because sometimes, you know, they're like, I just have so much material. Okay, put it all in and then we'll talk about what to cut. And so we help them find things to cut. Or sometimes the story's too short and we help them, you know, let's expand on this. All sorts of things that we might uh, work with them on. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so how many years have you uh, had a season? How many seasons have you done? We're on our eighth season now. We're planning our ninth one. We're going to announce the themes at our next show. We're Excellent. getting pretty excited about that. And that's also going to be at Memorial Hall. Yeah. yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. um, and so when it comes to the future of the um, shows and the themes, what are the plans for the foreseeable future? And what do you hope that you can uh, either improve or uh, add to the experience? Okay. Uh, one of, well, these open mic pitch nights are an opportunity for us to engage with our audiences in between our shows. One of the things that we love about our shows is that people like to stick around afterwards and we get to mingle and talk and they get to meet the storytellers and tell us like their stories. Telling somebody a story is like an invitation to hear a story. You know, yeah. People just start opening up and it's wonderful. But we only see them every three months. And so these open mic pitch nights is one of those opportunities to see them some more. And we're trying to think of other ways that we could do that uh, to engage with our audience more than just once every three months. So we're, we're exploring things like that right now. Um, we're also hoping to get more people in the audience, of course. We, ha we had a lot of fun this year uh, growing the audience in size, and we did that by seeking out marketing avenues that we hadn't before. And we've been on the radio now. I've been on TV a couple times, and it's, you know, it's funny and fun to do a morning show. And it's, you know, then people, I, I made a promo for WVXU while I was in there for an Around Cincinnati show. And they've been playing it during their fun drives. And so for the last two fun drives, people come into work in the morning and say, I heard you on the radio this morning. Uh, so it's fun. Um, but we really are trying to find as many ways as we can to put ourselves in front of people. Because when they know that we, there's this avenue for them to tell stories uh, that they want in, that's what we're finding. Yeah. And, and so another thing about the open mic pitch nights is not everybody can possibly get in the show. We only pick five people. Sure. But they've gotten to tell their story at the pitch night. Yeah. 
in fact, in a regular season when we have four shows and five storytellers in each show, that's only 20 stories that get told in a year. Yeah. And this is a much bigger city than that. And so we're also trying to find ways that people may be able to share their stories on our website and do it through recorded means. Uh, we're, this is something we're just starting right now. And uh, so we're interested in that too. Short, shorter stories, but st- stories nevertheless. Um, and, and all this, anybody could read all about this on our website at truetheater.com. We spell theater the fancy way with ending in R-E instead of E-R. And, um, yeah, people should check us out, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and like us on Facebook to stay abreast of all the news of that. I don't think you could read about the online stories so much right now, but that is something we are in active development on, and we'll be announcing things about that soon. Awesome. We don't have a home base yet, but right now all our shows are at Memorial Hall. We've moved around the two open mic pitch nights. We don't have another one scheduled yet because we don't want to announce it until the themes are known. Sure, and we're not sure. announcing the themes until uh, True Blue. It's just fun to have a big announcement to, to deliver at a show. Yeah. When is the next show? When that is True is, Blue? True Blue is Monday, July 23rd. And even prior to that, if anybody wants to come and bend our ear a little bit, Rheingeist Brewery is... Um, uh, assigning us one of their charitable Suds events. They oh, do yeah. this every Wednesday and Wednesday, July 11th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Proceeds from that evening are going to go to us, which is very nice. And we'll be down there and we'll try to, we'll make sure our storytellers from the past know about this and hopefully some of them will come down and some of our audience members and we'll get to hang out and tell stories. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. Yeah, I, will defi- so I would definitely be at the uh, True Blue. That sounds uh, great. awesome. Great. Thanks so much, Jackson. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, David, for being able to talk with me on the podcast. Um, I am very much looking forward to the charitable night at Rheingeist, and I will make sure to uh, go to True Blue as well. Um, after seeing the Fringe uh, Festival version of True Theater, um, I can definitely say that I will be at more of your events. Uh, the storytelling was fantastic, and you got to really see so many interesting people talk about their lives, their stories, and really you know, any journey that they have gone through. So make sure to check out True Theater at www.truetheater.com and go like them on their social media profiles. They have all their events on there, and I'll make an effort to keep them on the Artful Agenda whenever they have a new event. So that is pretty much it for this episode. Uh, Make sure to go check out True Theater, and make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on all of our stuff at The Artfuls, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever you can get your hands on. You can also email us at artfulspodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, if you have any organizations that you would like to promote, and really if you just like to talk to us in general about the arts in Cincinnati. That has been it for this episode of the podcast. Make sure to listen to the Artful Agenda that comes out on Wednesday. And remember, have an artful day. Mm